Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my newest horror novel, Killer Hockey Mascot, available for pre-order now. Here is a brief description. Gutsy is the new mascot of the Baltimore Brawlers, and he's a viral sensation. Big, red, and full of mischief, he's taken the world by storm. Tom Reynolds needs to pay his bills, and the job of playing Gutsy has fallen into his lap. He's deep in debt, and if playing a hockey mascot is what it takes, he'll do it. No one mentioned how playing Gutsy would change him, or the strange feelings that persist even after he takes off the costume for the night, or the sudden spate of brutal murders near the arena. But no job is perfect, right? And then the nightmares start. Nightmares, where he's stalking people, seeing with a cursed red gaze, and filled with a terrible urge to feed an insatiable hunger. Tom quickly realizes these aren't just nightmares. He's made a connection with Gutsy, and he's watching Gutsy's late-night slaughters in his sleep. Gutsy isn't just a costume. Gutsy is alive, and he must kill. Now, Tom must solve the mystery of Gutsy's origin and stop him, before the death toll rises and Gutsy grows into something unstoppable. Killer Hockey Mascot is available for pre-order for both Kindle and print, and the link to purchase it will be in the show notes. Killer Hockey Mascot is a lot of fun and great for fans of either Monster or Slasher stories. I would love for you to check it out. Enjoy the show. everybody this is the simpson show i'm robbie with my co-host matt and we are here to talk about the simpsons from the beginning matt how are you i'm fantastic robbie i love inciting instance to take oh you know oh, half the episode to get actually going <sighs> i love the show's getting worse or i'm getting <laughs> crazier uh honestly okay we'll get to it but honestly i there, there have been much worse episodes than this this is just dumb i guess uh, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Get access to all of our bonus podcasts for $5. You get access to all that stuff, plus more. And uh, you should support us there. We really appreciate you. If you like the show, it helps pay for everything for our work and for the hosting costs, which only get more expensive as time goes on. This week's episode, Double Double Boy in Trouble. Episode KABF14, originally aired October 19th, 2008, written by Bill Odenkirk, directed by Nancy Cruz, received a 4.7 rating with 8.2 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, there is no such month as Rocktober. I have no idea what this means. No idea. Never heard of Rocktober, but I sure. don't, I don't, I don't get it. Is <laughs> if there is something, that, there might be nothing to get. You know, that's and that usually is the answer. Yeah, it could be one of those weird things. It's yeah. just like them coming up with this as a non sequitur and thought it they thought uh, the couch guy is good. It's in a parody of the Wizard of Oz. Family gets sucked into a tornado and now in black and white are transported to a farm. I, I, the couch guy is the best thing this episode. Yeah. Not even close. By far. Not even close. Honestly, this episode, for those of you who haven't seen it, it, it's very much a rich people intrigue kind of episode. It reminds me a lot of the recent succession episode that, uh, that we had i mean this is a it's, on those lines it's a it is a i mean it's a prince and a pauper 
thing. It, you know, like there's it there's also a, that yeah. It's a, a, a there's a apparently this from a uh, episode. They, this is what Wikipedia says. I don't know. If, I don't where they they this is after a Daphne du Maurier uh, novel, The Scapegoat, which I've never read. There's a film also made of that, which I've never seen. I don't know. So I have no way to verify that. Maybe we'll watch that for a, a bonus episode. I don't know. Uh, it can't be worse than this. Um, it really it is. It is. It is. One, it's a doppelganger episode. It's a doppelganger story. You know, they you, you've you've seen this story many times in many other in many other pieces of fiction, even if it's not exactly the same. You know, you you swap a body, a, a swap, you know, it. You you have two characters that look like you swap them, hijinks ensue. Except uh, usually those other ones are probably done better than this one because uh, this episode. Matt says it's not that bad, and maybe that's true, but it is bad, uh, and I hate it. Every... Oh, it is! It is quite bad. It's it's the whole first more than the third. The first act, which is almost half the episode, is interminable. It goes on forever and nothing happens. And everyone is very that's the thing, Matt. I everyone in especially in the first act, I hate everyone. I hate every member. It's back to when like this those late Scully year episodes where everyone in the family is spite spiteful and mean and they just do random stuff for no reason. They all hate each other. Like it's that. Um we start mm-hmm. with a quickie mart shopping trip. Like in a Homer's shopping at the Quickie Mart like it's a grocery store. Yeah, I don't think the Quickie Mart's big enough for that. They and they paint it like the like the the shelving goes up to the ceiling or something. And I'm like, what? Why? Why is it the? Because and I know like I know why it's the Quickie Mart because it has to be because the story dictates that they they sell a lot of tickets. Um, because yeah. they're going on a shopping trip. Bart's being annoying. Bart's you know causing mischief. He's jumping off uh, shelves. He's throwing stuff around. Bart and Homer uh, has the very normal reaction of wanting to murder him. Literally saying, I'm going to take you into a blind spot of a camera and beat you. That is what he says. This is not subtext. This is text. That's so funny, Robbie. Ha ha ha. Beating children is hilarious. It's just like, again, like it is not, there's no, I, it feels like they have forgotten how to write humans because there is no, I don't root for anyone in this. I want them all to fail because I don't like these people. They're not the Simpsons. Um, Homer is trying to keep Bart under control. Uh, he gets to the to the counter, and Apu offers him the last uh, lotto scratch off on the roll, which is apparently lucky, or so Apu says. It might not be. Might not it's be. It's supposed to be lucky, but might not be. Might, might not be. Um, not like Homer needs an excuse to buy a scratch off ticket. But uh, as Homer is about to get the 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 last ticket on the roll. Bart causes trouble, and Lenny ends up scratching it off and winning because of Bart. I won! I won! $50,000! Ponder this, Homer. This ticket would have been yours if your kid hadn't been screwing around. That is true. Another ironic tale of the Quickie Mart. (laughs) You just cost me $200,000. I thought it was $50,000. I was going to bet it on the dogs. Hmm. All the groceries seem to have been balled up in anger. That kid has become a dentist-level menace. Now, Homer, boys will be boys. Bart cost us $50,000. Um, 
Marge gets that gets angry because we can't. And then wads up a turkey. Wads uh, up a, tur- wads, a yeah, chicken. I, it, it it doesn't. It's a bird. It could be either. It's a very big chicken if it's a chicken. Um, but I cannot also. I this is a part of why I really don't like this episode. That is the cartoonish jokes are like the physics in this in this episode are insane. It is. It is not. And it's not just once or twice. It is no. It all happens throughout the, the episode. It is all of the time because literally in this scene, Marge balls up a turkey into a little ball because she's angry you get it she's angry so she she balls up a turkey mm-hmm. and or a chicken whatever you want what it to be and it and just a, and like it's chickens have bones etc so she's strong enough to crush the bones into a little tiny ball either she feeds it to the dog or the dog eats it i forget but then uh. it it balloons back out into a normal chicken shape in the dog's stomach, and we get it outlined against the inside of the dog. Ha, 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 ha. Just like in Looney Tunes, Robbie. <sighs> Looney Tunes is funny, Matt. I've watched Looney Tunes a lot. Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers is clever. Because well, you expect this kind of thing from Looney Tunes. Well, you don't Warner, expect it from the also, Simpsons. Well, they're also clever. Like, they don't just... Like, it's an easy comparison point to Looney Tunes, and we say it all the time. Oh, this is Looney Tunes. And it's mostly because this is how physics operates in Looney Tunes. But also, Looney Tunes, most, not, I'm not going to say every single Warner Brothers cartoon, but they understood comedic timing. They understood uh, subversion of expectation. They understood like the, the core tenets of how to use cartoon physics to, to make people laugh. This is not funny because there's no joke. Like the joke is the dog ate a walled up chick a wall a ball of chicken and then it exploded and you're like okay what's the there's no joke there, um Marge is now also upset and angry at Bart, um Homer goes to Moe's they're celebrating Lenny at Moe's, which makes certain kind of sense Lenny would be celebrating if he won fifty thousand dollars and Moe's is yeah. his place to hang out where he would go to celebrate yeah. yeah. Um, Homer's angry. Homer's upset. Doesn't want to pay for his own beer because Lenny, but well, does want to pay for his own beer. Lenny is buying all the beer for the night. Um, but Lenny is throwing a party. That is what he, he kind of announces to the crowd that's assembled there at most all his friends. He says, even before I won the money, I was lucky and I'm going to use this money to have a party and we're going to throw, I'm going to throw it for everyone and we're all going to celebrate together. Um, and that's, that's. That this scene literally exists for that to get us to this party. Um, you would think, oh, this is a relatively quick inciting incident, then. Oh, would you be wrong? No, it takes a very long time. All this, I cannot emphasize enough, this takes forever, and it feels like 10 times as long as what it actually is. Um, so they're getting ready for the party, they're about to leave. Bart accidentally sprays Marge with cat pee. Which that's terrible. It, if I was Matt here, I'm gonna posit this. If I was all dressed Marge is all dressed up, right? She is she has makeup, she has a really nice dress on, she's ready to go. They're at the door. They're about to leave, and she gets sprayed with cat pee. You know what I would do if I was in that situation? What's that, Robbie? I would call it a night. I'm done. I'm not going. I, I'm going to go take off my clothes. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to lay in bed. I'm not. I, I, but Robbie, then you'd miss a party for Lenny. I mean, with a gift bag. 
Okay. All right, we're going to get to the gift bags, man. So uh, Marge is upset. She has to wear her second dress because we have to continue with the story because no one can just be a human. Um, and also, why, why, Matt, my other question, why did they bring Bart along after Bart has misbehaved? Oh, because, Robbie, Robbie, we know why. Because the plot requires it. Like, it's just like this episode ends up trying to be telling a story about Bart missing his real his home because he spends time with in a a different home in a different set of situations, Mm -hmm. misses his mom and misses the life he lives. And Bart is not this is not like normal. I don't know. Mischief Bart. This is sociopath Bart. Like multiple things in a row where he's just out of control. Like, it's not one thing or another. It is dozens of things. If this is my child, I would take him to a doctor. Like, he needs help. <laughs> but they're just, all they do is threaten him with violence. And it's just, it, it's very uncomfortable. They're, they're not, and they're like, oh, well, Bart is acting like, a, a, like, a, like he's deranged. We should probably do something about it. No, we'll just try and threaten to beat him. <sighs> um... So Marge and the Mar- the whole family's in the car. They're going to the party, uh, and Marge is upset at Bart, and we get a joke about fetal alcohol syndrome. Dang that Bart! Thanks to him, I have to wear my backup dress, which makes my arms look fat. Oh, you look great! Ha uh-huh. ha! You feel self-conscious. Why can't our son just behave? Well, Marge, you did have that one sip of alcohol while you were pregnant. I now christen the ship the USS Float and Shoot. That was unforgivable. I'm beginning to think that Bart's bad behavior is more than just a phase. Mom, Bart's flicking boogers on me! They're not boogers. They're clumps of rubber cement that I stored in my nose. I, I want to make this clear. The, that flashback where Marge, she drinks a single drop of champagne because the boat is being christened and it flies in her mouth. We watch it go through her system into little fetus Bart. And it is inferred that that is the reason why Bart misbehaves. Apparently, Robbie, apparently a single drop of alcohol that Marge unwittingly ingested is what caused all of this. That's what we're supposed to believe. This this episode is full of lots of retcons. Uh, and this is just the stupidest one. I, I, I don't know what I don't understand. I, I literally I just don't know what I I. Robert, you just got it. You have to move on. It's uh, so incredibly stupid. So we go to the party. We're at the party. And I had not, I guess I didn't realize this when Lenny said this, but Lenny is literally, I guess, spending all of $50,000 on this party. Well, whatever's left from the $50,000 that he hadn't already spent is what he said at the bar. But this party seems like it would cost about $50,000. Yeah. So he rents out a huge space. Like there's maybe over a hundred people there, like a couple hundred people. At least there's full catering. Uh, like a full production, like music, like I don't know if it's going to cost fifty, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And I mean, along with the gift bags, I presume those gift bags also are going to cut into that quite a bit. Not there yet. Um, so everyone's at the party, having a good time. 
Lenny sings the Golden Girl song. Thank you for being a friend. This goes on forever. Everything goes on forever. <laughs> Everything feels like it takes forever. We have a long bit with Lenny on stage with shadows and like an, a voiceover, and he sings the Golden Girl song, and then goes around the, this, the 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 room singing "Thank you for being a friend" to multiple people. Robbie, I'm going to say something. This is the best part of the episode. <laughs> Lenny singing to these people by far best I, part of this. Episode. I don't know if I can. I don't know. If that's this is the ah uh, man. Oh, I mean maybe you're right. Oh no, mm. no. I I think I mm, I think I disagree. Okay, what part would be better then? I think I don't know if we're talking. I I think Marge being just kind to like tucking Bart slash Simon in. I mean, like those are, those are sweet moments. They don't really like all this is very reserved praise because it doesn't. Yeah. It, none of it like fits in with the rest of the episode. But those moments are very sweet. Or Marcy singing while she's doing the dishes. Like that's, that's fair. That's, that's those, fair. Those, like, those are good moments. But in terms of generally surprisingly good moments that aren't just sweet, because those are those are fine moments. They're just generically sweet. This it was unexpected and interesting to me. I mean, I would like it more if this had anything to do with episode. But this, all yes, of this is that. filler. There's none of the, none of this means anything. Um, there's a lot of linear. This takes a long time, Matt. That's the other thing. Like this takes so much time, and it's just Lenny. And like, sure, Lenny, I like Lenny, but what does this have to do with Bart? Nothing. It it is just feeling time. Um, speaking of Bart and Lenny. I mentioned gift bags earlier. Lenny has gotten has gift bags for every single person, family. I don't know. Um, Bart sneaks into the room where they're all held and finds out that inside each each of these bags is a Roomba, a robot vacuum. Not actually a Roomba. They didn't use a brand name, no. but whatever. I don't think Roombas have the uh, malicious whatever uh, setting. Oh, man. I this is just a Triassic hard bit. It is. It is. It's like what? What if a bunch of Roombas were programmed to kill? This is a Trails of Horror bit. This is, but it takes place in a normal episode. But this is literally. This is just a Trails of Horror bit. You put this in a Trails of Horror episode, I go okay. But it's not. It's in a normal episode where Bart goes in, reprograms. Re, I get doesn't reprogram. He just flips the switch to evil, much like the Krusty doll. Um, uh huh. And the they open the door to give out the gifts. The Roombas. Attack, Matt. They attack. They attack. They eat Marge's hair. I think they kill a person entirely. They vacuum them into nothingness. I don't know. But there's there's hundreds of Roombas and they are a threat. They we get like horror music flying over this over like it's terror. I hate it. I hate it. What is the point of this? Bart causing mischief? Well, because it's a prank. Yes, Bart causing mischief and getting in trouble. That's all it is. They were thinking, how can we get a big prank that would get Bart in a lot of trouble? It, That's, but it, it. That's the whole point of this. Okay, we're going to get back to this, but it does not tie in thematically with what they try and sell later on either. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. It's just like, yeah, Bart's causing mischief and his family's upset at him, so he doesn't like his being with his family anymore. And you're like, well, it's his fault. He's being awful. He's doing terrible things, and he says, "I don't know. 
I, I should point this out too, Matt. I don't know if you caught this, but I don't know why I do these things. And then they show him eat a bag of candy and drink a two oh, liter of soda. Oh, I definitely saw that. I'm like, oh, yes, let's blame sugar. What the actual just like it and it like Marge and Homer are being bad parents. Bart's being a little terror. Who am I rooting for? Like, who do I like in this? So far in this episode, no one. No because there's one. No point. Lenny, I like Lenny. <laughs> That's the it is Lenny who I like because he's throwing a party for his friends. Where he has he gets a That's lot of right. money. He gets a windfall, throws a party for his friends. That's that's nice, of Lenny. Um, so they're they they're cleaning up in the aftermath of the the robot vacuums causing chaos, and. Uh, Bart meets These Simon. innocent robots couldn't have done this on their own. Someone would have had to turn them all on at once and then imbue them with some kind of malevolent sentience. Yep, there it is. Well, whoever did this must be long gone by now, Chief. I don't know how we'll ever catch him. Kill, kill, kill! Hold it right there, Bart. Can you tell us anything about who did this? Bart make bot bad. Uh, I can explain. Kill the child! Oh! Bart, I've had it with you. I'm taking away all your TV privileges. You already did that. Okay, then video games. That too. No more non-dice board games. What? You can't take my balderdash? I just did. I don't mean to be bad. I don't know why I do the things I do. No one understands me. I wish I had a different family. I feel exactly the same way. Oh, my God. You look like a dorky version of me. And you look like a dim-witted version of me. And you two are ten-year-old versions of me. The three of us could create quite a lot of mischief. But I have to fly back to New York. That's where my wife and I live. That's her. You want to see pictures of our kids? Yeah. You know what would have made this episode a lot better? Completely excising the bit where he drinks soda and eats sugar because that's incredibly stupid. Uh, and it's just it's, – it's almost making fun of the idea that, oh, we, kids are bad because of, you know, their past, the traumatic uh, experiences they've had. And, you know, uh, sometimes it's, it's also a genetic predisposition to, you know, attention-seeking behavior. Uh, also, not including the future Bart, who is married to Millhouse. What does that even gain us in this episode? Jeez. Oh, Matt. I, I, <laughs> future Bart. He's just randomly, randomly, like I said, transform, Matt. That's what this is. Like, it's not enough. Like, you start at base level where this episode's, we're finally, we have finally gotten to, we actually, this isn't the story yet. The story doesn't start in Black 2, really. Um, this is the last final inciting impetus to the story. But Bart finding a literal doppelganger, also his exact same age, in Springfield, already pushing credulity. Already a stretch. Like... That is that is that is the one like we said that's the one give me in this episode. If, if you oh, look, there's a version of Bart who's rich and you know otherwise exactly the same. If you want, like, if you do that and you just act at face value, yeah, they they look the same. They're not related, and we but then we make a story out of it. Okay, 
if you just push hard enough, I'll go, oh, yeah, it's, it's fine. I understand. It's fine. You can do that. Um, but then the, just they, they push it farther. They can't help themselves. They push it farther and we get future Bart, adult Bart, who's there for some reason, who has married a, a female Millhouse. <laughs> it's very bad. But it's, again, just another moment. You're like, I'm rolling my eyes. I This is literally, I wrote down, this episode is going to kill me. <laughs> I, was, I had to take breathers between acts, Matt. We hit commercial. I hit the pause button, and I just took some deep breaths. Because I mm-hmm. couldn't take it. It's just so absurd. Uh, we go to commercial eight minutes and forty three seconds, and when we come back, we get the we uh, uh, the explanation of of what's basically happening. My name's Simon Woosterfield. Woosterfield, your family owns this place and Woosterfield Arena. Bonnie Ray played there. You guys must be loaded. Yes, you know. But the funny thing about being rich is sometimes you wake up feeling terrific, incredible, happy as a clown. Oh, yeah, I'm living the dream. (laughs) Wouldn't it be hilarious if we switched places and lived each other's lives for a while? Hmm, I don't know. I'm pretty attached to my family, and... Get out here, boy! I want to punish you before I get drunk and merciful. Deal. My father's name is Homer. My mother's name is Mom. My sister's name is Lisa, but everyone calls her Loser. My butler's name is Chester. I have a brother named Devin and a sister named Quenley. Oh, and my horse is called Shadowfax. You can't miss him. He's the only Lipizzaner in our stable. Lipizzaner. Got it. There you are, Master Simon. Thank you, uh, Lipizzaner. As you say, sir. Watch your head. Ow! Hmm? Yup! You ruined everything! Driver, laugh at those people for me. My pleasure, sir. Ha 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 ha. So, as we can see, they immediately decide to switch places. Uh, obviously, Bart is getting the better end of that deal, or at least, you know, as far as we know, is going to be because Simon really gets choked by Homer. It seems like, yes, it seems like why would Simon replace Bart? You know, why would Simon want to be go to the, the poor family? Why would, you know, why is what is wrong with Simon's life? Oh, he just wants well, yeah, excitement. The, mm. Yeah, the original Prince and the Popper story is about the prince uh, getting to live as a commoner and seeing things he doesn't normally see. Uh, I don't think it's a problem these days because I don't think there's any rich person who wants to live as a poor person because uh, it sucks. Turns out, <laughs> it's not, I, I mean, to be fair, Mark Twain, the the story itself is it's kind of a, it's a you know, it's not, it's meant to be a little facetious. It's not necessarily you're not supposed to take it necessarily all at face value, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind – like, they explain all this, Matt. So this isn't a problem to me, honestly. Like, I, I'm fine with all this. Like, this – I wish that it had happened in the first act. But I don't mind – like, they explain why Simon and Bart end up trading places or why Simon agrees to it. Obviously, Bart would like to do it. I also I just wish there was more – but again, prior to this, giving Bart a reason like, oh, Bart – it's not that Bart misbehaves and his family hates him because of it. It's, oh, Bart wants – more in life you know he doesn't have the you know the nicer things and so when he gets an opportunity to do it he takes it like that makes way more sense than my yeah. family hates me because i'm a i'm a miscreant i'm a heathen i'm a monster who like destroys the, like i literally literally he's he destroyed like lenny spent how much money on those roombas for people 
thousands and thousands of dollars and Bart just destroys them in a whim and uh-huh even if you take away the, like, the fact that they're evil robots that's still terrible like lenny did something really out of gen- generosity and kindness at Bart why because he wanted to laugh at destruction and you're like well i can't feel bad for Bart for, for basically the rest of the episode because he did something so bad because he did something terrible and it's like the kind of thing it's like you should take him to a child psychologist that's what Bart needs no it's you beat like, him oh, with magazines on the sugar. no no you 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 say it's because candy and moving and- on <laughs> so uh Bart as we have seen is in a limo with his new butler uh slash driver and uh drives for a whole bunch of McMansions and McDonald's uh, and then there's stupid jokes about McSteamies and McDreamies and Macaulay Culkins and just uh, incredibly stupid crap. We get a montage of so, house, a montage of jokes about houses. That's the first. Uh-huh. Yep. That happens. And then we get, yeah, then we get joke people. He gets to the house and uh, we get a montage of joke rooms, joke things in the house. Just anything they can possibly do to add some kind of humor that doesn't actually arrive from the uh actual episode joe montana lives in a poster on the wall uh because the family gives millions of dollars to charity uh for his presence so he just hangs out there sure why not just waste joe montana i mean i'm not he was a very good football player but joe montana is not a a, a, some like massive personality (laughs) he's a very bland athlete man but again yes this episode is presupposing that Joe Montana lives some sort of existential nightmare where he just stays posed in a poster because they are giving money to charity for him. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, sure Joe Montana, as a celebrity athlete, could earn more money than that per day like, doing speaking tours and stuff. I again, yes, that's the it, it, it again, it's just so absurd. I'm like, well, that what 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 is. What is why? It, like it's yeah, just the, that's that's why we're one of these one of the, one of the jokes, man. In this is that Bart has a race car bed that is actually a race car. Well, of course. I mean, if Kirk Van Houten can have a race car bed, Bart has to have an actual race car bed. I I sleep in a, in a big bed with my wife. That does sound like a better option. Yeah. What if you slept in a giant race car bed that was an actual race car with your wife? Just okay. say it. I mean, that is better, but also I, that's not feasible. How would I get it out of the no. house? Obviously, you're rich enough to have a giant garage door installed in your bedroom. Insulated garage door. I don't, want a, I don't want a garage door in my bedroom. Well, Robbie, you're not thinking <laughs> like a rich person. I guess not. So, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, all this is going on. This is all we see of the, the rich life so far. Uh, Simon is living with The Simpsons. Doesn't like it because Marge has made their macaroni and cheese with Cheetos and the sauce with root beer, which... I, I don't know might be good i i that, i doubt it though. i um, man okay Homer, i'm not i'm not gonna say root, root, i don't know, root beer sauce could be could be all right i don't know root beer's not probably not the worst. you put that on some kind of meat you put like a root beer based sauce on like chicken okay i am all in you put it on pasta though mm, but no what, when when marge goes i i put cheetos on your mac and cheese yeah, sign me up i'll take every yeah, day right? of the week give me that absolutely yeah yeah so uh homer is also a jerk he starts eating bart's food and chewing with his mouth open and just constantly spraying uh simon uh sorry simon not bart uh with food particles simon is obviously just aghast all of this gets goes to bed without his supper lisa obviously realizes something is up she doesn't realize that simon isn't bart quite yet but she realizes that this is this is not the way bart would act matt because again lisa's not a freaking moron matt 
It's not a very high bar to clear after last week's idiocy where Marge and Homer chase a bird <laughs> to Machu yeah, Picchu. I know, I know. But Simon's voice is different. He Simon, has a different accent, yes. He has a different accent. Mm-hmm. They don't even mention it. Like they could easily just have Marge go, Bart, why do you sound like that? And Bart goes, and Simon could just say, I'm testing out a new voice. And I would go, uh, you could take that. A kid could do that. A kid would do that. You know, I'm like, oh, I want to, ta- I'm going to talk like an accent for a while because I want to have fun. And you'd be like, all right, at least they said something about it. But his voice is different. He's acting differently. Would they not do anything? Are they that oblivious? No, it's because the plot requires it. You mean it, Matt, if you're not. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, yes, uh, Simon is not having a great time. Bart invites Milhouse over to his new house, uh, and they meet Bart's new half-siblings, Devin and Quinley. Uh, they're basically, they're complete and utter jerks. Um, Milhouse is attracted to both of them because, uh, you know, that's the way Milhouse rolls, and everyone is, or Milhouse is embarrassed about that uh, because, you know, this is the, the, the mid-2000s, and obviously... It's uh, a, it's 2008. Man. It's almost allowed. it's yeah. almost 2009. It's not really mid anymore. But okay, fine. Late the late 220 aughts, and obviously that's you know gross. So Millhouse has to act you know ashamed. Whatever. Uh, also, one of the the half brother steals the spoon from Bart. Heats it up with a lighter and puts it back into his mouth. Like, okay, sure. Again. <laughs> Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. This is insane behavior. And it makes no sense. Well, it's like they like torture and then they just say they I mean to be fair, it makes sense, Matt, because they literally say their motivation after that where they say uh you you're taking our inheritance and we hate you. <laughs> like they just literally say how they feel. Yeah. And I mean it's You can't say how you feel. That makes me feel angry. <laughs> I Oh, it's, again, anyway. these, these are these are not people. They don't have. No, they're not. These, char- they I mean, they're not characters. They're 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 just shapes that, that crudely placed into this episode to fulfill plot needs. Yeah. So, meanwhile, uh, Simon is watching out the window as Homer fights the dog for a newspaper that Marge informs is not an actual newspaper but a squeaky toy that Homer claims tells him the good news about America and then proceeds to take the toy away from the dog, squeeze it and act like he's gleaning information from it. So yeah, that's extra stupid. Um, Simon uh, being fed up with all of this uh, decides that he's going to call Bart and let him know of this insanity. Come with me. Nope. Wrong clip. This place is insane. Tonight I got sent to bed without dinner. Oh yeah. Well, What's up with your brother and sister? They're jealous because my father left their mother to be with my mother to... Yeah, you lost me. Well, gotta go. Enjoy the upper lower middle class. Bart, honey, I saw you didn't like your dinner, so I thought you might like pepperoni pizza with the crust cut off. Now let me tuck you in, fluff your pillow, and scary dust the monsters away. It's cinnamon. Nighty night, sweetheart. I could get used to this. So yes, Simon obviously likes Marge uh, because Marge is a great mom. uh, And despite Bart's horrific behavior over the years, she continues to be a great mom to him. Uh, Which, again, I I can't imagine a kid growing up or acting like Bart with a mom like Marge. But we just go with it because, again, the plot requires it. Uh, Bart 
uh, goes to a fancy party with uh, the all the rich people. Uh, his half siblings lock him in a mausoleum uh, because, of course, there's a mausoleum on the grounds of wherever this party is. Not in you know like a cemetery or a graveyard or something. No, Matt, Matt, it's Matt, on the ground not, by a party. They're just again. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Bart you know screams to get out and is actually released by smithers uh it turns out mr burns is also at this party and uh mr burns is subservient because i guess the wooster fields are richer than he is so he basically tries to suck up to bart which is kind of interesting i guess it's it's weird to see mr burns in that role um but mr burns is here for a plot dump basically uh, he has a long conversation with bart about how rich families work uh and uh yeah, yeah. Come with me. You know, Master Simon, I too was once the youngest in a wealthy family. You were once the youngest of something? But fortune ended up smiling on me while snuffing the life from my siblings. My older brother was trampled by a horse. My sister died of a poisoned potato. My twin was shot. That girl was stabbed. He ate another poisoned potato. Spontaneous combustion fell down a well. Potato, potato, and impaled on the Chrysler building. Wow. Only you survived, which means the entire fortune went to you. Yes, funny that. A word of caution, young Worcesterfield. Watch out for those closest to you. Devin and Quenley? You don't know when they'll strike. A boating accident, a mishap during a ski trip. But rest assured, one way or another, they will do you in. Oh, my God. Simon set me up. And all this time I thought he wanted the life of a stranger he met in the bathroom. No. Would you care to continue this conversation on the teeter-totter? So, yes, at this point it is obvious in a retcon to Mr. Burns' childhood. <laughs> Although I guess those siblings might have been his step-siblings or adopted siblings or whatever, because as we saw in the Bobo episode, uh, that Mr. Burns was adopted by a rich man uh, and taken away from his family, so maybe they were just his adopted siblings. But yes, Mr. Burns killed all of his siblings to gain the entirety of his family fortune. I believe that. I also believe that, Matt. Like, I, but is Bart an idiot? Depends on the episode. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Like, they literally just tried to kill him. They just did it. It just happened. It wasn't an accident. They just they, tried to kill him. They, yeah. they were locked him in a mausoleum. If someone hadn't stumbled by, he would have died. He would have starved to death. Mm -hmm. So, like, why does everyone need somebody to, like, Lisa's the only person with any kind of independent thought in this whole episode. Well, yeah, because... It's because in, if you need to explain something like that, you have to have one character tell another. It's the whole show don't tell thing. And this was the only this the easiest way they could think of for to Bart to realize that. Okay. I guess. Anyway. I, OK. Anyway. All right. Fine. All right. So, yeah. Sure. I don't mind that. I'll be fair. I'll say this, Matt. Like, again, how they do it is not good, but I don't mind the, the fact that this is the plot. Like, oh, this rich kid swap places with Bart because he knows his step-siblings or half-siblings are trying to kill him and this is how he's gonna avoid getting murdered okay yep that's that, so, that, that's make that's perfectly fine indeed so at this point we go to a commercial and we can finally wrap all this stupidity up uh once you know the family realizes what's going on which takes them way too long matt we, we if you you need to like we need like heavy sneer quotes wrap things <laughs> sneer up. quotes wrap, wrap things wrap up, yeah. things up. <laughs> the episode comes to a screeching halt and everything just <laughs> they run together they the run out of time so they have a big a couple scenes um 
So we be, we come back from commercial. It's again sixteen minutes and fifty six seconds. Seventeen, basically seventeen minutes in. I will remind you, this episode's roughly twenty one and a half minutes long. <laughs> There's just no time for all the things they want to do here at the end. Um, Bart is listening to a- not Bart Simon Simon as Bart is listening to Abe tell a story, and this is when Lisa finally figures out something's wrong. So I looked on the barrel of my Winchester rifle, I pulled the trigger, and I shot that buffalo. You shot a buffalo? You you were listening? No, that means I gotta come up with an ending for this nonsense. Bart, what are you doing? Politely listening to our grandfather? Huh. It was the warden, always, but Pepsi would not give up. They continued to challenge Coke. No! Okay, listen, you. I don't know who you are or what you've done with the real Bart, but... Well, God help me, I want him back. I don't know what you're talking about. Ho-ho. The real Bart would have thrown me out the window. He would have defenestrated you. You're just digging yourself even deeper. Okay. Lisa's figured out that this is not Bart. Which he really should have done in the second act. But hey, okay, sure. I, I, yes. Uh, Marge should have figured this out almost... (laughs) Immediately. Everyone except Homer should have figured this out immediately. Uh, I, I'm going to just like this is a, like I'm going to ask you a question, Matt. Like if you were if you were in a similar situation as a child and you had swapped places with another kid that looked exactly like you, who acted very different from you, your mom wouldn't do anything like your mom or dad wouldn't immediately go. Something's wrong. Something is up here. We're going to uh-huh. do something about it. But they 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 have to be stupid. So Bart is in a panic because he thinks he's going to get murdered. To be fair, he should probably be, he should be worried because it seems like his half siblings are trying to kill him. How old are his half siblings? I uh, they they look to be like mid to late teens. Okay. Um, Bart is packing to leave. Um, interrupted by his half siblings, say they are going to Aspen. How are they getting the Aspen, Matt? I assume they fly. Okay. So Bart, the half-siblings, and have we even met their parents? Nope. I haven't met anyone else besides the half-siblings, because and there's the, not time for it. And the butler, I presume. And the butler, yeah. Really, he's a valet more than a butler. Whatever he is. A servant. Whatever title you'd like to give him. Could it? Are they literally, like, capturing Bart and forcing him to go to Aspen? Basically. I mean, Bart is a child, so if they think he's theirs, they can force him to go with them. But he cannot run away? I'm assuming, I'm assuming uh, no, Robbie, Bart has no agency in this, obviously. Because once again, what do we say about stupid things that happen? <sighs> so, they just, I, we just, like, they don't show any, like, they don't have time. They have four minutes to wrap up this episode, and they have so much plot points to get through. And so, none of this makes any sense. It is all nonsense. There is a thou- one thousand things get in the way of all of this logistically, and they don't care about any of it. They just steamroll right through it all. Um, Bart is forced to go to Aspen. We don't see them going to Aspen. We don't see any of this. Um, Marge is singing a song while washing dishes. It's very cute, but again, when you have four minutes of time left, why is why do we see this? Why do we get 20 seconds of Marge singing a song while washing dishes? There are bigger fish to fry. You have to 
You have to tell the story. No, nope, you don't. You don't, Robbie, because they don't know how to end the story, so they have to fill the episode with other stuff, so you don't notice that it's missing. Simon comes clean to the rest of the family because Lisa has caught him. Why does Simon come clean? Because the family needs to know, and Lisa doesn't have any proof, but Lisa, if they're going to work has, on saving Bart. Lisa has zero proof. There is no way. There's not like they have scientific way to tell the difference. The only reason is he's acting differently. What if Simon goes... Eh, I'll just pretend to be better. I'll be better at faking being Bart from now on. I don't really want to go back to my family that's trying to kill me. So, sorry, Lisa. You're eight. No one's going to believe you. We are not given a single reason why. Like, I presume, I think they want us to believe that it's guilt. But why would Simon feel guilt? Uh, no idea. There's, Robbie, there's no reason for him to feel guilt. <laughs> I mean, he, he obviously put Bart in this position because he knew his siblings were or half siblings were going to try and kill him. Yeah. like uh, So obviously he doesn't care about them. So he shouldn't feel any guilt for this. But he's no, already again, a, he, he put another child in a, in a position to be murdered on purpose. Like, I don't I feel like he's beyond guilt at this point. Whatever. Uh, but they they tell all these things. And uh, so. Simon has come clean to the rest of the family, and now the the rest of the family knows that he is not Bart. That Bart has been ta- is is with this other family, and that this other family has step siblings that are trying to murder Bart. Okay, how do they know they're in Aspen? They just know. I'm assuming that Simon has kept tabs on what Bart and his half siblings are up to somehow. How? Maybe, I, I'm assuming the valet. The servant is basically uh, knows what's going on and has been feeding him information. Uh, I, uh, okay, then the Simpsons they drive to Aspen, Matt, Aspen, Colorado. They drive there. You're getting really hung up on the the least stupid parts of it. They're stupid, but they're the least stupid Matt, parts. Matt, here, I'm I'm hung up on this because this is the easy stuff. Okay. It's really easy. And it's it's a thing that I spend a lot of time on in my own novels. Okay? How timelines. Well, you're better than the writers of The Simpsons then. I'm better than the, the writers of this episode of The Simpsons. I wouldn't say better. True. I'm I've never written anything as good as Homer's Enemy, but that is that's it's I've I'm on record saying that's the best episode of television ever produced. Um but it's this stuff is like, hey, well, you have to make sure that if okay. I'm gonna lay it out. You want you want to know? Here, this is why I'm upset about this. This is supposed to be tense, right? We're supposed to be worried about Bart. That is what this is trying to build. Does it do it? No, of course not. But that is what it's trying to do. It is trying to build up tension. We are supposed to be worried about Bart because these two these two teenagers are trying to kill him. Oh oh, they have him in Aspen. He's they could they they're they're trying to do all kinds of they're they, they we're tipped off to Bart should be worried. And by extension, we should be worried that the Simpsons should be worried. So they want to build tension. But we don't have any idea. There's no communication of how Bart and the rest of the Worcesterfields get to Aspen. We don't know the situation. Like, why aren't they seeing? Well, I know the answer. You don't have to answer. The answer is they don't have time because they wasted all of it in the first act. But there should be scenes here. Well, no. There, there should be scenes there, but they didn't want to write them, so they filled in the first act with as much crap as they could, so they didn't have to write. The I scenes. Met, no, 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 that's not. That's not my. I don't think so. I don't think that's true. I think they. I think they wrote this episode out as it is, and got to the third act and went, "Oh, there's how much time we left. This is what we'll do," and then didn't start over. 
This doesn't. This is not. They may have smoothed out some jokes here and there, but they didn't rewrite the plot of this. Once the story was done, they just finished. They left it. I don't. How like this reads like a first draft, like I've said a thousand times. Yeah, um, right. a very sloppy one at that. So, but there's no like there's no tension for Bart because we have no context. We don't know what like we don't know how close they are to each other. We there's no you know like the race against the clock situation. Like all the good thrillers, all the good uh, mysteries, all the good you know <laughs> fiction <laughs> has when you have this big third action set piece where we have to save someone's life. You have to build tension. You have to build the timeline of like well, where are the where is Bart? How much time does he have? We have to see the Simpsons racing against the clock to get to Bart before he's killed. But instead, they drive through Aspen, make jokes about homeless people drinking champagne, that, and that's it. And then we then we cut to Bart on top of a mountain in skis. Who put on those skis, Matt? Can I ask you that question? Who put his skis on? Robbie, you are getting caught up on the stupidest of details. I'm at, I, I, Matt, who put on Bart's skis? You can ask these questions. Uh, Robbie, Robbie, we don't know, and it doesn't matter to the plot. It does matter to the plot, Matt. All these things, Bart, the, Bart is supposed to be worried for his life. He is afraid that these two people are trying to kill him. He is told that take going on a ski trip is a way that they could kill him. You know how you get around that? You don't put on skis. You sit in the lodge. You don't do anything. Well, of course, Robbie. That's what a person would do. But Bart is a character and a character whose logic is not even considered in the, you know, the machinations of the plot. Yeah, I yes, Matt, I know. I'm, but I'm laying this out. This is it, it upsets me greatly. Like it is so stupid. It fails so drastically. It's such a basic thing. Homer, they see Bart getting fa- they Bart is on skis on top of a black diamond trail, the, the most deadliest, dangerous ski trails. Uh and the bad teenagers, their names are, are terrible. Again, I can't Quinley and Devin. Quinley. Quinley is one of their names. Bart is pushed. They just push him. He could just. Matt, I. 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 I know. I know. I know. He could just fall down and, right? and stop. Yes, you're correct. He could just fall down and roll to a stop. He. It's not okay. So they see Bart going down the trail, and they're worried for his life. So Homer jumps. They're on a ski lift at this point. Why do they know? How do they know that Bart's up on this mountain? How did like all these facts? They just don't care. Homer jumps off a ski lift, hits the ground, forms a giant snowball as he rolls down the mountain. <laughs> Homer is now a giant snowball man. Uh huh. He collects Bart along the way. They crash into a hot tub. Yada yada. They're offered hot cocoa. No 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 no, Matt. No, <laughs> that's not what happens. What happens is stupider. Bart is out racing Homer. He gets caught by Homer. They fall into a hot tub. Then they ask for hot cocoa. The man there goes, oh, are you a member of the lodge? Are you staying at the lodge? Homer collects Bart and they jump off, off the, off the thing they're on and fall again. Oh, yeah, that's right. <sighs> they fall twice. Uh, they fall, but there's no consequences. They're perfectly fine. There is no tension. There's no worry. There's no danger here. They're cartoon characters. They can't be hurt. They have no injuries. 
Um, there's no repercussions for the two teens that are trying to just try to kill Bart. Um, they're just an Aspen. Uh, this is the uh, the clip I I have. It's the last thing, uh, the last clip I have. It's called Ending. Oh, I feel sorry for you, kid, going back to that cold, loveless family. I'll survive. Your favorite, sir. Hot fudge sundae with gold leaf and diamond flakes. Take me with you. I'll be anything and everything you want. Don't leave me here with them! I never thought I'd say this, but I missed you guys. Even what's-her-name, Lisa. <sighs> now we talk in the tummy, the tushy, and the tootsies. <laughs> <laughs> this is the life. You want to talk about unearned in any possible way. Yeah, they just shoehorn this in. Yep. They just shoehorn this happy ending in. Um, Bart's happy to be back with Marge. Well, what about Homer? Homer threatened to murder him a couple times this episode. Is it that we're just supposed to go, oh, Marge is nice to Bart once in a while? Marge also, like, in they were driving to that party earlier for Letty, Matt. Bart is in the car. And Marge says, dang that Bart. Her son is in the yep. back seat, and she says that to me. If my mom did that to me, I think that would would scar me for life. And probably they just let's just like they again they don't connect the dots. Doesn't make any sense. They just wrap it up. They're like, oh well, we have thirty seconds left. Uh, we'll do we'll have a throwback to Bart being loved by Marge. We'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. It is yeah. so... Matt, this is so easy. This is, That's the other thing that's so frustrating to me. It's like this episode, if you want to do Prince and the Pauper, then do it. Just do it. Yeah, just do it, man. Like, it's not hard. It's really easy. Like... You have a story where you literally, hey, and they laid and they have the groundwork for it already here. It's so simple. Like you and you have this, you have like a very clear path where, oh, this episode ends with Bart being tucked in by Marge going, oh, and he's happy. He likes his life. You literally start the episode like you have Bart. You start the episode with Bart being unhappy with the way his life is, not because he's some mischievous monster. Because they're uh, lower middle, lower upper middle class, whatever the heck they want to call it this episode. And he doesn't have the nice stuff. And and Marge is like, oh, maybe he goes he goes out down the, to breakfast in the morning and Marge goes, sorry, honey, we don't have the cereal you like. It's a little tight this week. Or and, and just do a couple of those little moments throughout the day. We see Bart. We watch Bart through his day. That's it. And he's unhappy because he can see the things people he, other kids have that he doesn't. Mm hmm. And you end that first day with Marge tucking in Bart, doing the same thing she does here, but Bart's unhappy because all he can focus on is the stuff he doesn't have. He stumbles into his his little doppelganger. You can do the story effectively the same way. You give it more time to breathe. You set up more tension, especially at the end here, where you you really you uh, you don't just smooth over all these incredible logistical nightmares and plot holes, you give reasons why 
Simon knows where Bart is or why Bart's in trouble. You give her reasons why Simon confesses to the family. Or the the option, actual answer is maybe he doesn't need to confess. Maybe Lisa just finds actual evidence. Yeah, maybe Lisa records him talking to Bart about, you know, the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure video cameras were a thing. This is 2008. Like, she finds footage of them meeting, whatever. Like, it, there's a, a million different things you can think of. It's not hard. And you just, and you have, you could still have a family race to try and save Bart. And Bart, and it's not, and I, and I would also make it so that it's not really about Bart. Obviously, that makes for a good set piece is, oh, Bart's going to danger being killed by these step-siblings, half-siblings, whatever they are. And that, that makes, that's not bad. But I would also have it, like... There's not love in this family because they're maybe the dad's always busy with business. Maybe the mom is removed from the family. Like there's, you ha- need to have more family members than just these two kids. You have a mom and a dad, but they don't show love the same way that Bart's used to it. And maybe they do provide for him or provide for Simon, for that matter, in every way that he could want. He has always his food, always has shelter. I was like every toy he could want, but. He doesn't get the right. He doesn't get the same kind of attention, and it, even if it is, I mean, if they try, it's not the same. It's not Marge. It's not his mom. And then you use that the murder stuff at the end to like give it spice, to give it some excitement. And then you have Homer and and Marge show up and save the day. It, it's not hard. You just don't make it like this stupid cartoonish thing with snowballs. Like when it's all random and there's no, there's no like. There's no choices here. There's no decisions here. It is just random cartoonish nonsense. It doesn't say anything about these characters. There's no arc. You have to have choices. You have to have decisions, even if it is just to get to a storyline, just to get to the end of your time. Like, it feels so cynical, Matt. When I, I think that's the other thing when I watch these episodes and why I'm so angry about them is that this is the most cynical thing. Like, why are you? Why do you write television? Like, why are you writing? That's what I want to ask the people. I'm, like, why do you write? Why do you write? Is it I want a paycheck? Because that's all. Like, I think there are better ways to get a paycheck. But I mean, maybe, maybe these people think this is good or think this is good enough. I, that, like, that's like it feels. But like, you don't have to be a genius to notice that this is bad. There's a reason the Sim- why the Simpsons have such a bad reputation after the golden years. And I, if you've been hired by the, the by Fox, by the writer's room, by Matt Greening, by Al Jean, whoever was in charge, you're smart enough and good enough to know that this is bad and it's not an, it's, it's a bad excuse for uh, an episode of television. If you did it just, oh, we needed to fill 21 minutes of time. We told a nonsense story. We didn't really include many jokes. Why are you writing? Like, is it to just create space like fill space i want to fill time there's no uh like i don't know like but that's it that's the ending like and you have the same ending but it would feel earned at the end because it it would tie back right to the beginning and you see simon and we could even keep simon getting tucked in by marge too and you see oh wow simon actually appreciates it simon is kind of a jerk but he even appreciates being tucked in. And maybe, hey, maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's why Simon is maybe. the way he is and why Bart is the way he is. And you're not going to ever get that contrast because Bart is also a miscreant that has tried to kill people in the same episode, <laughs> effectively, with his murderous robots. 
I don't, it's not, again, I, uh, I, I think back to, we had Jeff on a few weeks ago uh, and he's like, I teach this, this is the stuff I teach to children, to kids, little itty bitty kids who don't know the difference between anything. You're, you you cannot tell me in a million or a million years that the writers think this is good. They think it's good enough. <laughs> I guess <laughs> good enough is not good though. <sighs> okay, we can move on to our next thing. It's time for comments and news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Um. Comments News Group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash this episode show to leave their thoughts, their review about an episode. I read them on the air. First from Derek, a line of Phoebe's in uh, Friends comes to mind when I try and sum up my feelings for these episodes. I even tried writing a song about it, but I think of anything that rhymes with arg. A Prince and the Popper parody? Really? I find this one so embarrassing. It's so unsimpsony. I find it way too hard to suspend my disbelief for a doppelganger plot. Also, episode as dull as, as dishwater, bereft, or ditchwater. I've never seen ditchwater. I've always thought it was dull as ditchwater, but ditchwater also works. Um, bereft of humor and devoid of character. Simon is a complete non-entity, so no one is likable. And so why should we care about anything? Fails as a parody. Fails as a Simpsons episode. In the pit you go. Say hi to season 19 and the rest of the dreck. From Tim, positive notes. This episode has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Two, there were a few gags worth mentioning, particularly the photo of Melissa's room where Kirk's picture is taped over uh, with whoever Luann was dating at the time. And three, nothing particularly offensive. That's fair. Uh, negative notes. Number one, that inciting incident. Who boy? Number two, Simon could have been interesting, but we don't really get much time with him, nor do we get much with Bart's temporary family. Number three, did one of the Simpsons writers sleep with Joe Montana's wife or something? What's with the totally unnecessary guest appearances? I'll say number 315 and not canon. Um... This is my guess, Tim. They wanted to meet Joe Montana. <laughs> That's what happens a lot of the times, I feel like. It feels like that is literally... And a lot of the time, I'm not necessarily opposed to the Simpsons writers going, yeah, you know, who would we like to be in the show so we can meet them? This person. Most of the time, they could justify it by putting them in a good... You know, and a lot of these people are talented already, so yeah, sure, they work. But Joe Montana, randomly, in, tw in 2008, that's the other thing. Joe Montana has been retired for a long time by 2008. Uh, for Benjamin, this was all surface level. They wasted so much time with Bart acting up for that to go nowhere and nothing to be learned. Lenny clearly deserves that money more than Homer. Also, Chief Wake Up stops a vacuum with his foot. So clearly they aren't that big of a threat. Homer calling himself Captain Crazy and the writers not meaning it ironically is just sad. You know, when he jumps off the ski lift, Matt, he calls, time for Captain Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no death to any of it. As soon as the plot started, it was over. This one was sloppy, which is expected, but when was the last episode that was genuinely funny? I know, that's a lot to ask from comedy. It really is, at least with this, yeah. this area of The Simpsons. Yeah, finally from JJ. This premise alone screams of a show out of ideas. It was pretty much doomed to fail, but if they had to go with a story that someone manages to be both tired and absurd, then why did they spend the entire first act setting up a plot of a different episode? this is about Bart swapping places with a rich kid and learning to appreciate the life he had, then why not spend the setup establishing that Bart resents his home life and being part of a low-income family? Otherwise, what is Bart's motivation to switch places with Simon, who randomly appears in the bathroom at Lenny's party, which they don't even bother to explain? I think the best explanation we get is the Bart says, oh, your family owns this place. Doesn't explain why he's there, but it's the very tenuous connection. Uh, continuing, instead, the first act is about Bart's behavioral problems, which has zero thematic connection to the rest of the episode, 
and is never relevant again. Don't get me started on the lack of development for Simon and his half-siblings or the wacky ending another obvious first draft. Thank you for watching along with us, guys. Thank you for leaving reviews. It is... We're sorry you had to be exposed to this. Maybe take a break after a bad episode. You know? Yeah. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Willie quote? Groundskeeper or even greenskeeper Willie? Lots of great answers. They always make me laugh. Cheered me up. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Matt. I warned ya. Didn't I warn ya that colored chalk was forged by Lucifer himself? That's the only one you're going to get in the Willie voice. Sorry. Uh, from Tim. <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie. Lunch Lady Doris. Have you got any grease? Yes. Yes, we do. Then grease me up, woman. Okie dokie. Fantastic. It's just, oh, man, so great. All right. Uh, from Charles. Uh, <laughs> it won't last. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies. Like Englishmen and Scots. Or Welshmen and Scots. Or Japanese and Scots. Or Scots and other Scots. Damn Scots. They ruined Scotland. Uh, Principal Skinner. You Scots sure are contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. Uh, from Alex. You used me, Skinner. You used me. No. Oh, uh, what was the holiday in that episode when Hay wore the kilt? Oh, Scotch-toberfest. That's right. <laughs> from Benjamin. Save me from the wee turtles. Got to save the wee turtles. If I don't save them, who will? Uh, from JJ. What did you say about my mother? For your information, her feet stank because she works in manure all day. But it's still the best damn Starbucks in Glasgow. God. I mean, it's pretty good. Starbucks. I wouldn't believe anything. From Derek, which I have to assume is one of the most popular ones. Bonjour, yeah, cheese-eating surrender monkeys. I did French and Irish for my undergrad degree and had to spend a year in France teaching English, and the sheer restraint I showed in not beginning every class with that quote should earn me some kind of medal. Absolutely, Derek. You were 100% right. That's oof, it's, it's hard to not do that when speaking French, which is a garbage language that should not exist. Let's just all be wow, clear Wow. I love the French people. Garbage language. Them, but that language is terrible. When you don't pronounce half the letters, the why even have a language, really? Matt, anyway, uh, Matt, for, Matt. for Andy... Speakers of English have no leg to stand on, okay? English is also a garbage language. At least you're consistent. Oh, James Conn died. Um, <laughs> for, for, you heard it here, breaking news. It's four days old by the time you're listening <laughs> right. to this. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, from Andy, uh, grounds really thinking, no, no, go easy on the wee one. His father's going to go crazy and shut them all into haggis. Bart, what's haggis? Boy, you read my thoughts. You've got the shinning. Don't you mean shining? Shh, you want to get sued? Uh, uh, from at Zach Babbins, I warned you. Didn't I warn you that colored chalk was forged by Lucifer himself? Uh, from at yes, it's Aaron. From season 15's Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies. Like Englishmen and Scots. Or Welshmen and Scots. Or Japanese and Scots. Or Scots and other Scots. Damn Scots. I, that was season 15? That seems so much earlier than that. All right, uh, from... At EID9, don't feel bad for losing. I was wrestling wolves back when you were at your mother's teat. Uh, from at MF Cannon, uh, Willie, I'm so drunk I can barely see, but it helps me get through another day. My stomach is full of haggis and hurt. I think I'm gonna puke in some hay. It's a very good song. Man. I uh, appreciate Willie's you singing. singing. Uh, you, I had to. It wouldn't have been authentic otherwise. Uh, from at Hippie200, Principal Skinner, uh oh, 
two independent thought alarms in one day. The students are overstimulated. Willie, remove all the colored chalk from the classrooms. I warned you. Didn't I warn you? That colored chalk was forged by Lucifer himself. Man, people are really going hard on this chalk thing. Uh, from at Craig950, you used me, Skinner. You used me. And finally, from uh, at It's Me, Toddy, Willie hears you. Willie don't care. Robbie, what is yours? I went back and forth on it a little bit, but... It's hard, isn't it? There's a lot of good ones. Willie's got a lot of good quotes. But he's He doesn't have a lot of quotes, but the ones, you know, he has the very punchy quotes. Um, but, it, the you know, you just made an enemy for life, Scots and other Scots. It's yeah very funny, and it very works in a lot of memes. Uh, and it's, I don't know, I do sometimes like those little, they're like little life rafts in the ocean in those bad years. You know, it's a season 15 episode, but you just reach you know, every so often. You can hold on to one just for a few moments, rest your legs in the vast ocean of horror that is the Simpsons teen years before you, you continue on in your journey. Now, what is your answer? I also went back and forth a long way. Uh, and I think Willie hears you. Willie don't care because I use that constantly in my everyday life. I just... It just comes up so frequently, but anything I don't care about, that's the quote I use. So that's the one I'm going to go with. Next week's question: What is your favorite Lenny moment? Not Lenny. Oh, that's a good, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll post this question on social media: Twitter at SubsistioPod, emails at SubsistioPod at gmail dot com, and I post it on our Patreon, which is Patreon dot com slash The Simpson Show. Uh, any of those places you can answer, and I'll be on the show. Maybe don't post gifts, guys. Here, I'm going to say this. Don't post gifts. I'm not. Robbie I need, hates gifts. I need to copy and paste an answer. It makes my life a lot easier. I'm not going to transpose a gift and trans like write down what it says. I'm li- I, <laughs> I have a finite amount of time in my life. Um, can move on. Our next segment is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a lead this season just by two points, but I will take it. i to relish those moments. That's true, and I mean, honestly, I, I, I went kind of easy on you today, so, you know, we'll see. You say that, Matt, and then I'm going to look like a complete idiot, because <laughs> I don't know any of them. Uh, are you ready for an easy question? I am. Bart goes to what country... In the Crepes of Wrath. He goes to France. That's correct. Another episode where Bart goes, uh, trades places with a boy and learns and lives, leads a different life and then comes back more satisfied living with the Simpsons. Yes, because he realizes that there are people who have it much, much worse than him. Mm-hmm. It's like a lesson. It's like an arc. It is. It's Crazy. like Bart learns a lesson at the end. Crazy, yeah. huh? All right. Not to mention that one. Well, never mind. All right. Uh, your questions are all from. Actually, I didn't even look up the name of the episode. What's the episode? Just vaguely uh, describe Rosebud it. From Rosebud. Ah, oh, Rosebud. Okay. Yeah. So, classic years. We'll see what you do. What is the name of Mr. Burns' lost teddy bear? Uh, Bobo. You are correct. Your medium question, Matt. I went back and forth between this if, if the medium and hard question should be replaced. I never know. No. Because sometimes you know things that I don't <laughs> expect you to. Um, what is the deal's last name? Uh oh um 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 oh what's the deal? I want to say it's like a deal. Nahar. Is that your final my answer? Yes. Nahar. That's my final answer. Sorry, Matt. It's not Nahar. It oh. is Haksa. 
H O X H A. I presume oh, okay. I presume that is they they uh translated it into English. I don't think they wrote that in Albanian. So I presume it's Hoxha. Probably not. No. Um what's my medium question? All right, your medium question. Uh what band plays for Mr. Burns at his birthday party and what band does he try to have killed? Uh the Ramones play um at his birthday party. He wants the Rolling Stones killed. Man, I am going too easy on you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to step this up. I mean, I'm quite I'm quite happy with the current that level. So you should keep it right uh-huh. there. Don't oh, actually really? easier okay. would be better. I think easier, even easier would be. I would prefer. Uh, it makes me feel smart. Mm-hmm. Um, your hard question, Matt. Bart is on the cover of what French magazine? French magazine. Oh God. Um, I. Uh... I, I'm I'm gonna go with a real with Lamond. Uh that is a mistake. <laughs> oh dang. <laughs> it is not it is not an actual French mag not a real life French magazine. It is oh, Newsweek no. spelled N E W S W E E Q U E. Oh, of course, of course. The of joke course. the joke. I thought you were gonna get that one. I was a little worried. Mm, the joke. Dang. All right. My hard Fine. question. What's my hard question? Your hard question. What rare things does Mr. Burns or Smith is trying to console Mr. Burns with when he wants Bobo? Here's your blah 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 and your copy of the blank blank blank. Mm-hmm. How many can I didn't you tell me how many things there are? There are three. Three of them, okay. And you're and you're this, there's only five of these known to exist. Something like that. Um your copy of the Magna Carta. Uh a uh, a, a painting, a Da Vinci painting, and a, I'll say it like it's an cl- item of clothes, like uh, the shoes worn by uh, 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 Shirley Temple in Wizard of Oz. Red, the red slippers. Wow, uh, you're you're on the right track overall, but none of those are correct. Okay, uh, good. It is uh, King Arthur's Excalibur, uh, a the only known nude photo of Mark Twain in the first draft of the Constitution with the word suckers in it. Ah, uh, jokes. Man, mm-hmm. Those are jokes. Jokes. I sometimes indeed. I sometimes forget that they used to write jokes. Yeah. Even in throwaway then. lines like that. There was like my answer was the boring one. What they did was write jokes. They're like, oh, like Excalibur's not a joke, but the Mark the nude photo of Mark Twain, that's a joke. The the mm-hmm. the original copy of the Constitution with Word Suckers. That's that's a joke too. That is more and more relevant as time goes on. Matt has fallen another two points behind. I'm up by four points. I feel like he is playing some elaborate joke on me. No. Where he is going to let me get a lead and then catch up. We'll see how it goes. Uh, We can move on to our final segment. segment We end uh, the racing episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever. It's the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. Watch them chronologically. Wait. I think my brain just did stopped. Did you lose something? I think no, I I mean <laughs> I lost my I literally just stopped thinking. Like my brain just went, "Nope, you're done for the day." We rank them rank them categorically, categorically so we watch, watch them chronologically, chronologically and find out which episode is the best episode ever. <laughs> this is what this is doing to me. I'm losing my mind. Okay, Matt. This episode uh is not good. Not a good episode. No laughs. No it has no story. I mean, it has moments, and it tries to make a story, but it doesn't really get there. Um, 
let's see, last week's episode was Lost Verizon. This is better than Lost Verizon. It is definitely better than this. Homer and Mark don't follow a bird to Machu Picchu. There's no Incan gods that talk to Marge. Uh, so the, it, it, it is better than that. Not a high bar to clear, but it does clear it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, these episodes are all... Um, we just Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes. We just watched that. Uh, is yeah. it better or worse than that, Matt? <sighs> Remind me what happens in Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes. I know it was two weeks ago. That's but... a, erotic baking and Homer and, and oh, Flanders right. becoming... Uh, bounty hunters um, which at certain level you're like that is ridiculous but also we're in this episode bart re- takes changes places with his doppelganger and then is tried to be who is he's trying to kill but being pushed down a mountain homer saves him by rolling him up in a giant snowball so it's not that ridiculous uh, it's not that ridiculous to no, compare them no, I, i'm gonna say six pies and idiot scrapes is just a hair better because this is just all over the damn place. Like this, this whole first act is awful. It wrap, it doesn't wrap up in any meaningful way, and the ending makes no sense. So yeah, okay. Uh, Mommy Beerist is next. Is it better or worse than Mommy Beerist? Okay, I'm gonna put some constraints on this. Oh no, I just just a little bit. I'm gonna say that this episode is better than revenge is a dish best served three times because i think those are incredibly stupid stories so i think it's somewhere between sex pies and idiot scrapes and revenge is a dish best served three times but where in there i i would put it what's what is what is please homer don't hammer him what is that one that's the one where homer pretends to be a carpenter but it's actually marge i think this is better than that maybe no actually i don't I know think, honestly i think this I, I think homer and ned's hail mary pass is probably better because it's stupid and it's got like completely wasted guest stars but at least it kind of like has a character arc for ned in this homer none of it makes sense it's a stupid b plot that, but the a and b plots actually intersect for once but i kind of like ned's plot in that is his arc in that and what he wants to do that's fair. I don't think it ends well, but no, I think none of these episodes end well, Matt. These are, every no. single one of these episodes is a bad ending. It's not like not even close. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a good spot for it. I I think it's like it's such these episodes are all so bland and filled with nothing. It becomes hard. Like when I go, when I go, oh, what was Please Homer? Don't hammer them. Don't hammer um. I go, I, like, I just, that was not that long ago. That's season 18, you know? It was last year. I don't remember it, clearly. Don't, I can't, I can't. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it's that one. I'm like, oh, right, that. But they're all so bland. They don't have endings. They barely have stories. There's not really many memorable jokes. The only reason, I remember Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes having a couple of times they laughed, largely from the erotic baking. Like, yeah, I don't, it's just so little there. Um, I think that's a good spot for it. It's as good as any. There's a big, this big morass down here of just nothing episodes. Um, double, double, boy in trouble. Why not just go with the Prince of the Popper punt? You'd think, but no. 
I don't know. Maybe they'd be afraid we were talking about Martin. It's possible. Um, that, that would be a good misdirect, honestly. You could have you could have the inciting incident involved Martin, and then you know. Whatever. That's that that require thought. I can't do that. Uh, you have to think about it for more than a second. So that's double double boy in trouble number you number three fifty five on our list, right below. Please Homer don't hammer him. Right above Homer Ned's Hill Mary Pass. It's a new number one sixty four in our post Golden Years ranking. Uh, number one on our list is still Homer's enemy. Last place on our list is still Codependence Day. Unsurprising. Don't know if either of those will ever be surpassed. It's quite. It's possible though. At least they're at the bottom. Um. Yeah. We do have one thing to do before we go. One more thing. One more thing to do. One more question to answer. That question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Yay. Uh, there's nothing in this episode worth uh, a value. There is... Uh, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Fire the cannon. Goodbye forever. What a bad episode. We can move up to the top of our list, work our way down, answer the same question as we're working through working our way through our the entirety of this list. Um streetcar named Marge. Matt. Yes, there's just there's absolutely yes. no question. About yes, this. I think Matt likes streetcar more than I do. I love streetcars. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I, I, I wouldn't say I love streetcar, but it, I think it absolutely is worth keeping. That's not a debate. I uh, would not even. I would not entertain leaving out Streetcar Named Marge. Uh, um, very entertaining, very quotable, very funny. What else do you want? Um, certainly belongs there. Uh, still got a ways to go before we get through every all the rest of these episodes. Well, we'll get there. It's a little bit surely, considering how many Simpsons episodes there are. We'll have all the time in the world. Speaking of all the Simpsons episodes in the world, we have next week Matt Tree House of Horror. Oh, thank God. 19. Okay. Uh, Hopefully that's we have, the trend of them being we not have, good. We have, I'll give it, we, let's, we have, do, okay, so this is, it's it's looking all right, okay, because I don't, I'm not going to speak to all of them, but one is the Untitled Robot parody, which is a Transformers parody. Number two is How to Head Ahead in Dead-vertising. I don't, I don't know what that one is, but whatever. And finally, the one that I'm actually looking forward to is It's the Grand Pumpkin Millhouse. Oh, which is yeah. a good. That is a good one. I've seen that, and it is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that at least, <laughs> you know. Uh, Trance of Horror. Hopefully, maybe those other two will pull it out and be good too. We'll have a good Trance of Horror instead of just a apparently Psycho Killer by Talking Heads is also featured in Trance of Horror. So that's a good song. Um. That's next week. You can watch along with us. Uh, what do I do? I say that'll do it for us this week. You can find us all the stuff on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to everything we do. Our Twitter to our RSS feed and a link to our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, help support us. We really appreciate you. you get a bunch of bonus podcasts. If you do, it's the beginning of the month. It's the best time to get uh, support us. We also do yearly plans if you want to save a little bit of money and support the show. Um, you can find me online on twitter at robbie norman and my website is robbie um it's my name it has links to all the things i do including all of my novels my newest novel coming out this month in a few weeks time you heard a thing a blurb at the very beginning of this episode uh but in case you skipped all that 
it's called Killer Hockey Mascot. It's about a killer hockey mascot. It's a killer hockey mascot. Uh, if you, <laughs> I think you already know if you heard, you hear the title, I think you already know if you were interested in that story. But uh, even if you're not, it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. Uh, pre-order is available now. I really appreciate if you did that. It really helps me out a lot of ways. Pre-order it. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is accurate. I spend all of my time, uh, as explained to those of you on the Patreon feed, uh, getting my ankles sliced up by kittens and then proceeding to bleed for a very long time. Uh, if you're interested in more of that story, listen to our Bob's Burgers episode, <laughs> uh, where Robbie complains about the amount of blood in the latest episode of Bob's Burgers that we watched. Uh, but you can see these adorable kittens, uh, who are, you know, murderers at heart, really, on Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. And you can marvel at their cuteness while also understanding that they would, you know, destroy your ankles without even really trying. Yeah, Matt. I I think I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I gave you applause because you did such a good job at selling the Instagram. And then this week, you talk about murderous kittens. Like you're you want to get them adopted. You can't say the murderers. People love fuzzy things that try and kill you. I mean, all, basically all animals will try and kill you. Like dogs will constantly try and kill you. They don't I, even know I they're mean, trying to do it half the time. I, Matt. Yeah. That's not my dog. This has not tried to kill me. Has tried to kill me literally zero times. True, but she has tried to kill uh, at least a few people that have come to your house. I mean, not really. She barks. She's not. She's all bark. And now mm-hmm. she doesn't bark at all because we trained her up. She got we got her trained up. She's you no. Know, she's a very. She the doorbell is rung multiple times when we recorded. Zero barks. She's a good girl. She's a good dog. I love my dog. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this. Shh.